I have an illustration. I need about six people. <laughs> Let's see. Two, four, six. <laughs> Come on down. Can you, can, look at running out already. I tell you, just take it off. Just take it off. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, come on down. You, your husband. Rhonda, yes, you, you too. Yeah, just wait one minute. Kids can wait a minute. Terry, Judy, come on down. I need six people, at least. <laughs> Say the whole congregation, make a circle. Make a circle? Yes, just yeah, shoulder to shoulder, whatever. Come over here. You're going to be over here. You'll be over here. Terry's right here. Well, I'm, I'm going to jump in. I'm, 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 I'm going to jump in. Okay, now, we got a circle. Now, you see how things are in a circle, all right? Connected. 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 But whenever you come together, come together, when you change your location, the circle changes. Are you squeezing in? Yes. Wouldn't let me in. See what happens when you change, when you change your place? Things change. And the challenge is, and this is what I'm going to, this is what the whole message is about, from where you stand, how things change, even in the same circle. How you look at your life, how the things are going, problems, difficulties. The Bible says for us to give thanks. So if we are giving thanks for something, we see it differently than if we're grumbling and complaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see how it goes? So, yeah. Okay, well, we can go home now. <laughs> That's quick. Yeah, thank you. Yes. It's a simple thing, but sometimes what the scriptures teach us is so very simple. <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah, we make it complicated because we think too much. <laughs> we don't think of the right things. We don't think of the, um, well, it is actually the right things. When some, there, there are things that go wrong. There are things that go wrong. There are decisions that have made that didn't pan out the way that we thought. There are people that give us opportunities to give away our joy. <laughs> you know, there are people who help us to, <clears throat> see the downside of life. And whenever we look at all of these perspectives, we have to remember that we're looking at them from one part, from one part of the circle. And it looks like the circle is complete, but when you change your position in the circle, the whole perspective changes. And in our life, and this and I'm picking up where we left off last week with Colossians chapter 2, beginning at verse 6, that <clears throat> we're speaking about the fullness that we find in Christ, the fullness that I find in Jesus, that <clears throat> it isn't, um, well, let's talk about what it is. It is fullness that comes from knowing that God is the supplier of every need. It is the fullness that comes from understanding that God has a will and a purpose for our life. It, is, it comes from the understanding that God is in charge and that God has a way of bringing things full circle. God has a way of making things different than what they are. And that God has a way of 
bringing together what is necessary for our lives to accomplish what he wants us to do. Now, there's a story, and I heard this from Joel, so if you hear it on the radio or on one of his uh, sermons, um, this is where it came from. He talks about how that in the Sierra Nevada mountains in uh, northern California, there was this uh, guy who was dying, it was midnight, and he was dying, he was alone, he had no family, he had no friends that were there, and the nurse called this priest, Father O'Malley, to come and visit him. <clears throat> well, the priest comes to visit the man, and what was a 30-minute drive took about two hours because of the storm and everything that was going on, and he had to grow through, go through a lot of difficulty to get there. <clears throat> and when he arrived, he began to talk to the man, and the man was, you know, he didn't want anything to do with the priest or anybody else. He was kind of, kind of a gruff, hard-nosed person. And he, ta- he introduced himself that he was Father O'Malley, and he just happened to be in the neighborhood, so he thought he'd stop by. <laughs> And the guy laughed and said, no, that's not why you're here. And he talked about the weather, and he talked about the trip and so on. He finally asked the man, is there something you want to discuss? Is there something that you need to talk about on your mind? And the man said no. And so he went on to continue the conversation about the day and the weather. And finally the man said, well, there is something I need to tell. I've never told anyone this. Um, It is something that has been bothering me most of my life. He said, 30 years ago, our friends were drinking and that we were at work at the railroad station and there was a request to switch the tracks for the train that was coming and for the um, cargo train that was also coming. And so in a drunken stupor, he went out and switched the wrong track. And the train crashed and a young couple, husband and wife and two Two of his little girls, two of their girls were killed. And he said, no, I've never had an opportunity to say that I was sorry. I never had an opportunity. No one ever knows, no one ever knew that I had done this. And Father O'Malley stopped and paused for a moment and said, that couple, husband and wife, was my father and those were my sisters. That died in that crash. And I forgive you. And if I can forgive you, Jesus can forgive you. And you see how that life, you know, we carry things sometimes full circle. We carry things in the circle in our life that we don't need to carry. Because confession is a way, the fullness that we find ourselves in Christ, the fullness that we have is letting go of. Letting go. The, problem, uh, the greatest difficulty, I think, in life is letting go of the failures. It isn't, you know, we, use, we can use successes to build ourselves up and make us more than what we are, and we use failures to destroy us and try to make us less than who we are. And what, is God, what God is trying to do in our life is not make us more or less, but to fulfill who we are. To fulfill this person who is the son of God and daughter of God, you and I, that we are in this relationship with Jesus Christ, that he wants us to be that person he created us to be. And we're the ones who come with success or failure images. God doesn't have an image of success or failure. 
God has uh, an image of accomplishment. God has an image of helping, of touching people's lives. And the most important thing we have is our ability to touch the lives of the people around us. And when life is over, it's not going to be what we've accomplished. It's going to be how many people, what individuals have we touched and made a difference. Because when Jesus was walking the earth, yes, he talked and he had all these things, but he went about doing good. And he went about touching the lives of people and healing them and make, having food for them. And, and, and it was a way for, him to, for them to see the greatness that was in his touch. And I think of it for ourselves is how is God showing the greatness of his touch? How is God showing the greatness of his presence? He's showing it through you. The greatness and the majesty of Almighty God is seen in you. You know, we look in the mirror and say, you're not doing too good, God. <laughs> but God looks in our heart and says, you're right where you need to be. You're right where you need to be to make that next choice, to make that next decision, to take the next step, to take the next opportunity for the door that's going to open, for the door that's going to close. I have set these things in motion. I have set these things in order so that we might accomplish the purpose for which God has called us. And so, <clears throat> we, <laughs> our life will follow our words. You know, last week I said about um, the words. Words are the rudder to our ship. They're the one that gives our ship direction. Your, your life will follow your words. And of course, your belief is the motor and the propeller. And the, the desire then is the fuel. So as we look at our life, we have desire. If we have no desire, nothing runs. I don't think I'm going to do that today. <laughs> so you can lay in bed and talk all you want. Nothing's going to happen. It's like sitting in the boat and steering, turning the wheel and nothing happening. And then, of course, there's always the, I'm going to stay in the, I'm going to stay in my driveway and wait till all the lights turn green before I pull out. <laughs> yeah? I'm going, to, I'm going to allow everything to match up before I start moving. Well, you know, it's not going to work. So just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, this is verse 6, we receive him and we consent to him as Lord of our life. Lord is ruler. Lord is one who is... We are submitting to charge, in charge of our life. And just as you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Continue. 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 It's an ongoing process. We haven't arrived yet. We haven't arrived yet. Our goal and our life isn't over. God has a place for us and a purpose for us, and the goals that he has for our life, we haven't achieved them. Because if we had achieved them, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> we would be heaven. We wouldn't be around. So God has a purpose and, and, a, and a pleasure and a... Let's say it this way. If God were going to bless you, what would that blessing be? 
If God was going to do surpassing exceedingly abundantly above all that we could even ask or think, what would the blessing be? What would God's blessing to you, what would be his gift to you for your life? Now, take into consideration, this is Almighty God and creator of the universe, creator of all things. What would it be like to receive the blessing of God? Remember this story about the, uh, the uh, golfer? Remember the golfer? He went over to Saudi Arabia or one of the countries over there, and he taught the sheik how you know, to play golf for a week, and on the way out, the um, sheik says, well, what would you like from me? He says, oh, no, you've paid me enough, you've paid me enough. He says, well, I would like a golf club. Okay, so guy goes home thinking, guy's going to send him a putter, you know, or a driver, and he waits for weeks and weeks and weeks, and finally a guy arrives at the door, and he is from the sheik, and he gives him a deed to a golf club. <laughs> he owns now a golf club. The 19, 18 holes? 18 holes and the club and the whole, he owns a golf club. And so what a sheik thinks as a golf club and what the player thought as a golf club are two entirely different things. So what is it that God is thinking of? What is it that God is thinking of that is of eternal value that he wants to give to us? That, and you know what? He's already instilled the dreams of that inside of you. He's already instilled the dreams of that inside of you. And it is in this dreaming that God is coming to fullness. The fullness of God is, is, is filling you up inside. And what's going to bubble over? What's going to bubble over in our life is how we are going to touch people's lives in a way that will make a difference for them in eternity. And <clears throat> you see it wherever you go. The people that you meet and things that you do. We were at a wedding yesterday and uh, uh, we went to find our table and we didn't have a name we weren't invited we just crashed the party <laughs> yeah but we, we were wedding crashers yesterday we didn't know anybody there we didn't know the couple nothing we just went to the reception you know and ate and came home yeah it's not true uh <laughs> But they couldn't find the, the, our names, and there was, I guess the whole table that we were sitting with didn't have a name either, so we all just kind of sat at the same table. But it was interesting how that the people that you sit next to are ones that perhaps were needed to be, and that needed to talk about something and needed to talk about different situations that have happened in their life, and there you were, and you were able to relate exactly to what they, they were questioning. And that's not by chance, that's by choice. God helped us to choose that very thing in our life. And so we are rooted in Christ. We are built up in Christ. We are grounded in Christ. And when we are overflowing with thanksgiving, we're overflowing with thankfulness. And that's why the circle. If we're not thankful for everybody in the circle, every problem, difficulty in our life, we will not see it from the perspective of thankfulness. If we look at our life and this is how we see it, 
and it doesn't look so good, start being thankful. Start being grateful. Overflowing in thankfulness that we are abundantly in abundance of thankfulness to God who in his sovereignty and in his grace, mercy, he's not giving to us what we deserve. He's giving to us what is of his best. And so as we begin to be thankful for what we find ourselves in, we find ourselves at another location in the same circle. We see ourselves in another location at the same circle, looking at the same things but seeing them differently. Because thankfulness has an appreciative way of looking at something. It has an appreciation for what we just saw. And when I appreciate someone, something, I see them differently than, oh my goodness, this is terrible. <laughs> this is the worst thing. This is the worst, no. Being thankful for where we are, God has brought us to where we need to be. It's just that we need to turn, need to be at the other position of the circle. <laughs> we are where God, we are, we are where we need to be it's just that we need, and it doesn't look so hard or may not look so good, well, we need to move ourselves around the, the circumstance and insert ourselves in a different location. And that location is being grateful. Because the God of abundance, the God of mercy, the God of grace, the God of wonder beyond our galaxy <laughs> wants to show us something different than what we see with our own perspective. You know, we were leaving yesterday from the, um, got kicked out of the wedding reception. <laughs> they found out we weren't supposed to be there. And no, we were leaving, my little humor, I'm sorry. Uh, very little. Uh, we, were, we were leaving and, and Rhonda says, well, you know, we didn't get, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to the bride. That's why she was there. We were there because of the bride and the groom. <laughs> Happened to have the groom in fourth grade and the bride is somebody else, you know. Was, you know. But anyhow, she said, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye because everybody was doing their thing. And so we, I said, you go back, say goodbye, I'll go get the car. And she said she walked back in and everybody was just standing around and there was the bride right there and she went right over to her, spoke to her. And it was the perfect moment to enter into that conversation or to where that person was in the whole evening was by going out and going back in and coming right in at the perfect place. And I'm into this, <laughs> I'm into this idea. <laughs> it's all perfect. It's perfect. And why should we think anything else? Why should we think anything else other than this is pure perfection? Not me, but God. And, you know, reading through my book, <laughs> I found places that the people I paid to edit didn't do a good job, <laughs> you know. But, of course, they told me to read over it and find all the places that didn't match up and I wanted to change. Of course, I didn't do that. So it's their fault, not mine. It's not true. It's my fault. And... Uh, but you know what, I can look at it and I can, you know, it's perfect for what it is. Because I'm not perfect. <laughs> and, but the truths that God presents to us are perfect in Christ. 
And we're never going to find flawless. We will only find perfection in Christ and in his divine timing. And I just believe that we are in a a divine course, we are in a divine place, we are on a divine path, accomplishing a divine purpose by loving, forgiving, and allowing God to touch our lives and to touch the lives of others through us. Amen? Does that sound good? Let's all stand. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's 10 minutes slow. I mean, you know, it's only been... uh, it's like the, the farmer, uh, he went to the church, and he was the only guy that showed up at church, and he asked, the preacher says, well, do you want me to preach a whole message, or do you want me just to shorten it down a little bit? And the farmer says, well, if I went to, feed, if I went to the barn to feed my cows, and there's only one cow there, I'd feed it. And he goes, okay. And so the preacher goes, and he preaches for a half hour, and storms, and yells, and screams, and shouts, and whatever, and after he's done, he goes back and asks the farmer, well, how'd I do? He says, well, if I only had one cow, I wouldn't feed it the whole barn. <laughs> so. <clears throat> but today, the, the thought is the fullness of Christ. The fullness in Christ. And let the fullness of Christ dwell in you richly. <laughs> let the fullness of Christ Dwell in you richly. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That God is at work doing above and beyond anything we could ever ask or think. So we're looking for the miraculous in the ordinary. We're looking for the miraculous in the ordinary events of our life. And if we can see that, it will change our thoughts, it will change our, de- change our perspective of our destiny, of where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. To see the miraculous in the ordinary. And we will see the fullness of Christ in us. And when we're in a circle, and it doesn't look so hot, get on the other side. <laughs> and see the same circle, but from a different perspective, and we'll see the hand of God touching our life. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers and meeting our needs. Thank you, O God, for the strength of soul and heart. Thank you, O God, for the needs that we have. God, the needs that come before us, our loved ones and our friends. And God, we just pray your touch upon their life. And as we touch them, let us pray with them and pray for them. Pray for your miraculous touch upon them to give them strength and direction for this day. God, we will not fail to praise you, to be thankful, to be thankful for the blessings that have come to our lives through you. May we see the miraculous in the ordinary. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.